Didn't you say that your mother-in-law <laughs> wants you to call her? Because I call Carol and John, Carol and John. So, um, Lee's mom wants, wants me to call her Mrs. Dr. Harold Mars. Or Mrs. Dr. Mars. I was going to say, she's making you throw in Harold, too? <laughs> but Mrs. Dr. Mars. I mean, I think That's I'm, a mouthful. Listen, I'm telling you now, hand to the fire. <laughs> One day when Sebastian picks a partner, I would like to be called Mrs. Dr. Harold Mars. <laughs> Scary fierce. Scary fun. Scary mommy speaks. <laughs> Carrie, we have to hop to it. We've got some serious stuff to cover today. First, the California wildfires are still raging and we want to help. Also raging are mothers-in-law and their relationships with their daughters-in-law. It's always an issue, and we'll talk about why and who our favorite mother-in-laws would be if we could design them from scratch. Oh, that's going to be fun. And I'm excited to announce that Paige Moore is with us today. She is the co-founder of The Breasties, an amazing organization dedicated to connecting women with breast and reproductive cancers. She is the ultimate previvor, and I can't wait to share her story with you. We loved her. She's so much fun. And of course... Please stick around for our scandalous confessions. Scandalous? Let's just go with weird. Okay. So as most of you know, California has been undergoing nonstop wildfires. It feels like it never ends. Actually, when we were having Luna's birthday party, his sister was in town from California, and she kept checking her Nest camera to make sure the fires weren't coming close to her. It was really scary. Yeah, I've seen on on Instagram uh, friends in California, they've drive by the wildfires or like just on the, the highway smoke, yeah. yeah it's mm-hmm. very scary and it's really sad there are deaths there's home destruction people are fleeing their homes even lebron and kamala harris have had to flee Kamala's got a campaign to run, and she's running from wildfires. For a second, I thought LeBron and Kamala were together as a couple living in a house. They might be. I was like, that's awesome. They might be. That's a boss house. (laughs) That would definitely probably win a campaign. People love LeBron. They do. Hometown I feel like they might love LeBron more than they love Kamala. I don't know. Maybe he should be her VP bid. (laughs) Sounds like great politics. (laughs) Anyway, almost a quarter of a million people have received evacuation orders. And to add to that, California's largest utility, Pacific Gas and Electric, shut off electricity preemptively to almost 3 million people just for, I don't know, for an undetermined amount of days just to prevent, you know, further fires. Which obviously has had a huge impact on people in multiple different ways that you haven't even thought of, like like mothers who need to breast pump. You know, they have no place to recharge their pumps. And their all their stored milk yeah. is going bad. So um, I have friends that have a whole separate like college refrigerator just for their breast milk. Yeah, I had my milk divvied up between our house and my parents because he it mostly was used right. when Sebastian was with my parents. So and I heard that they're giving out hand pumps. I had a hand pump. This is a for anybody like who's listening. Like a legit listening. hand pump. Yeah, like a legit. Hand I had pump. like the squeezy silicone thing, so I would. You squeeze it and it just suctions oh, I had to one that boob. One. I had that one too. That it's called the Haka or whatever. No, I actually had a legit hand pump. There, I, I heard there was also a lot of um, sharing of refrigerators and freezers, and which is really nice. Do you think that um, playing with fire, do you think that John Cena is fleeing in a Maserati down the uh, Hollywood Hills I from hope the fires? He, I hope John Cena is living up to his John Cena name and fighting fires. <laughs> I, I heard- hope he's in it. I also heard a report that they're letting nonviolent inmates fight fires also. They're like— Oh, rec- they're training them, right? Um, right? Unknown. I don't know that. 
I'm sure Google could answer well, that for me. Well, let's hope so. Jeez. Um, but I do know that they are they are using nonviolent inmates to fight fires. Would you be qualified to fight the fire if you were in prison for starting a fire? I feel like they would be the experts. Well, if I go back to the, my days as a fire marshal. <laughs> That's um, right. You were a fire marshal. I was a, I was a fire marshal for a short summer. And um, I couldn't tell you right now how what what you use for what kind of fire, but I feel like arsonists know how to start those fires and therefore would probably know how to put them out, right? So maybe we get a team of former arsonists. It's like karma. Yeah. Put out the fire. Really, it should be PR agents because they're the best at putting out fires. Ayo! Ayo! <laughs> Where's Ray Donovan? <laughs> we need a good PR person. Olivia Pope, where you at? <laughs> so... Let's get on to how we can help. The more the more important stuff. Right. So one of the places that you can help is you can there's a GoFundMe on uh, how to help those affected by California it, wildfires. It's called that. Help those affected by California, California wildfires. wildfires. Right. Yep. There's also the United Way of the Wine Country opened the Kincaid Fire Emergency Relief and Recovery Fund, which will help the community with relief and recovery efforts post fire. And the Sonoma County Resilience Fund, the largest long-term disaster recovery fund in Sonoma County, will fund trauma relief and housing solutions for those displaced by the fire. And also, this is my favorite. If you happen to have an Airbnb in the area, you can offer your home for free until November 7th under the company's open home program. Why is there a cutoff date of November 7th? I know that's because they're estimating it's going to be under control then. But, but people might pe- not be back in their homes by then. Right. Don't people still need a place to stay? Maybe they'll extend it. Yeah. And local animal shelters are taking in large dogs that can't be housed with their families. Yes. So you can also drop all your large dogs off with me in my right. house in we New York We will take City. care of them. Yes. Often shelters will not take large dogs or large pets, so they have to go somewhere. Yep. Um, and that's a... The, the animal shelters are offering to take them, which... And then moms across the country are offering refrigerators to help store milk. And freezers, yeah. Freezers. Um, there's, we, we mom just, groups, mom on groups on Facebook, Facebook have been pretty helpful with that. A spreadsheet has been circulating around. Yeah. Um, I just love seeing that. Moms helping moms. It takes a full village. Because motherhood is a sisterhood. That's right. And he's in the calendar. Who? John. John who? John Cena. <gasps> the John Cena? Yes. I'm seeing him in his new movie, Playing With Fire, that's out this weekend on November 8th. It has Cena, Keegan-Michael Key, John Leguizamo. Oh, yeah, I heard about that movie. They're firefighters that rescue three young siblings from fire and realize that the one thing that's harder than fighting fires... What's that? Babysitting. <laughs> oh, my God, so true. Also, John Cena in a family movie. <laughs> Sold. I'm, yep. <laughs> yep. Something for everyone. They have nephews, nieces, the neighbors, kids, everybody. Guess what I just put in my calendar on November 8th? Playing with fire. That also happens to be what I call cooking a turkey. Remind me not to go to your house for Thanksgiving. Speaking of families during the holidays, the in laws are coming. Do you and Lee's mom have like a, a good relationship? Yeah, I mean, I always say that it's a little bit weird. It takes a little bit to get to know a person. Lee and I have only been dating for four years, so it's not. I've probably only met his mom maybe ten times. I'd say that's which a is, good amount. Yeah, it's a good amount. But yeah, we have a, we have an okay relationship. I just don't. We're trying. We're still in the process of getting to know each other. Right. My, I feel like my mother in law has the most mother in law name in the world, which is Carol. It's true, Carol. Um, 
But Car- I feel like there's a few, like Susan. Karen. Karen. Karen, can I talk to a manager? Yes. Linda. That's my mom. I know. Linda. But it is it's very much a, a yeah. mother-in-law. Marsha. Yeah. I feel like that's a very mother-in-law name. Marjorie. Marjorie, yeah. Oh, my God. What else? Dorothy. Dorothy. <laughs> Our, Our producer is named Dorothy, so... Um, but her mother-in-law is Joyce, who we met. Oh, that, who's lovely. lovely. That's a very mother-in-law very, name. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. mother-in-law. My mother's name is Soledad, which is like not at all a mother-in-law It's a name, name. Of, a sh- of a shoe company. Uh, Soledad Shoes. Oh. If they make good sneakers, I'll send it to oh, your mom. Interesting. Didn't you say that your mother-in-law <laughs> wants you to call her? Because I call Carol and John, Carol and John. So, um, Lee's mom was... Wants me to call her Mrs. Dr. Harold Mars. Or Mrs. Dr. Mars. I was she's saying, she's making you throw in Harold, too? <laughs> but Mrs. Dr. Mars. I mean, I think That's I'm... a mouthful. Listen, I'm telling you now, hand to the fire. <laughs> One day when Sebastian picks a partner, I would like to be called Mrs. Dr. Harold Mars. <laughs> There's official... <laughs> well... I feel like we all hear about, you know, the nightmare mother-in-law, right? right? Like, oh, my mother-in-law's coming right. over. But um, do you think that maybe it's because we aren't doing our best as daughter-in-laws? Do you see the cringy face yes, I'm I making? Do. Like, it I hurts do. me to say I that. Know. You know, maybe it's my bad, but I'm always like, Lee should be doing that work, totally. not me. Like, yes. I shouldn't necessarily be the one calling his mom all the time to have her talk to the baby. That should be Lee. I'll talk right. too. But I do know my friends that are really good. I don't do that, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I leave that to Matt. Yeah. So I do know that my friends that are really good daughter-in-laws, yeah. they do that. My in-laws don't call me. So, like, yeah. I... And it's not any... I mean, I actually prefer to hate phone calls. I don't enjoy talking on a phone at all. But... It's not like I'm not reciprocating. It's right. just that's the dynamic of our relationship, and that's okay. Anyway, we are going to talk about a Scary Mommy article written by the a mother-in-law. mother-in-law. So we're about to get schooled. Yes. She writes, Dear daughter-in-law, I have seen all the do this and don't do this list for mother-in-laws, and I do try to abide by them. But if you and I are truly going to get along, then there have to be some handy little rules that you need to follow as well. And that sounds very much like a mother-in-law thing to say. Right. She says, number one, don't tell me how I am welcome anytime and then rant on your social media thingy, <laughs> thingy, about how I am always at your house and up in your business. Firstly, that was the oldest way to say social media in the <laughs> thingy, world. I know. But also, I would suggest people don't be friends on social media thingies with their in-laws, maybe, yeah, if it's an issue like that. Maybe. Who rants about their in-laws on social media? Yeah, that's a stupid move. That's, like, just dumb. That's a dumb move. Anyway. Next on our list, to answer the damn phone. We've already been over. I don't like talking on the phone. Something that's really nice is I'm on a text string with Lee's mom, dad, and sister, and that's the best way because I can just put, yes. put like, Luna videos on there and it feels like I'm doing my work. Yes. But it's not a phone call. No. It's and I'll FaceTime occasionally yeah. for because Sebastian's there. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Here's this one. Three, as much as I adore my grandchildren, I am not your free ticket to eternal child care. Listen, my, my my parents are not kid people. I'm not a kid person. My parents complain about Sebastian, rightfully so, because you know what? Sometimes he's a turd, and yeah. he, it is well-deserved. <laughs> right. But they still want to be with him right. all the time. I just— 
like just like there's the maternal paternal instinct isn't there like some kind of grand paternal instinct although I do think that some people do it and then are not um some parents like dump their kids on the grandparents right maybe too much or they're not they're not doing things like bringing them flowers or other things that would help be like I'm so thankful so I guess you know not to play devil's advocate but maybe she got burned maybe she had somebody dump their kids on them and too much and not maybe not be grateful let's get to the comments okay Margaret says, I don't have to answer the phone. Call your son. The fact that he doesn't answer is not my problem. Preach. I couldn't agree more. I know. I always say your mom called me. That means she probably called you either before or right after it. Probably before and you didn't answer those, so she called me. Yes. Right. Lisa says, Diane, I think, Diane, she goes right for it. (laughs) Diane, I think things might improve if you stop writing articles about how shitty your daughter-in-law is. I mean, true, true. This is the thing that I'm kind of torn about with this article. As the mother of a son, I do realize that at some point he is going to probably find a partner and have his own life. And I can understand where this mother-in-law may be coming from if she feels like she's really getting, you know, the bad end of the stick with everything. What is your perfect mother-in-law? I mean, I'm going to say my mom. That's exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. My mother is the perfect mother-in-law. But we would probably disagree. The perfect mother-in-law is someone that is respects your family dynamic. Like, for instance, my mom feeds Luna all organic food. She wouldn't normally do that, but I've asked her to do that. Or, like, certain things that I said, please don't have her watch that much television. That's not how she would normally do it, but she respects our parenting wishes, which I think is really important for a mother-in-law because— I think that's really nice. Right. And and also the like wanting to feel like a big family. Let's not forget that um, families fight all the time it's and have true. issues and stuff like that. My that mom's my about- favorite and I fight with her. I think the mark of like a good mother-in-law or a good like in-law family is one that you can treat like your own family, including yes. arguing in a way that isn't going to be like now we're not talking. Yes. It's Which like maybe having disagreements. has that. And as a reminder, stay tuned for confessions later in the episode. Unless you're Dr. Mrs. Mars, maybe skip forward and maybe skip my confession. Yeah, don't listen. So today we are chatting with Paige Moore, an advocate for women's health and empowerment and the co-founder of The Breasties. Thank you so much for joining Hi, us. Paige. Hey, gals. Thanks for having me. I'm loving this space. It's so vibey. Okay, so let's get down to business. Yes. All right. All right. Here we go. You had a double mastectomy. And as a woman hearing that, you know, it always sounds so terrifying. And I'm sure, of course, it was terrifying for you when you made that decision. But let's just start about, like, how you got there, um, the whole BRCA, BRCA gene, like, yeah. lay it out. Is that the—firstly, is that the right way to say it, the BRCA gene? You know what? Everyone says it kind of different. Some people are like, BRCA, BRCA, you know, say what you want. I call it BRCA. Okay. BRCA. So, okay. I mean, I'm from New Jersey, so maybe say BRCA. Yeah. BRCA. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> well, so just so that way everyone listening understands, in case you've, you're like, what is BRCA or what is the BRCA gene? So every single person in the world has the BRCA gene. Has the BRCA gene. It's your cancer-fighting gene, and all day long it's fighting cancer, Right. So mine is mutated, means it's broken. And so my chances of breast cancer were up to 87% in my lifetime. 
So wow. like I said, every single person has a BRCA gene. Including men. Men, women, everyone. I actually inherited it from my dad. Okay. So oh. interesting. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize you can get it from your dad. We have so many women who have been affected by cancer in my on my dad's side of the family. And so my mom, she's so smart and you know, pays attention to all these kinds of things and was like, you know what? I think there's something going on here. We should really look into this. And so she highly encouraged my dad to get tested for the BRCA gene. So he finally got tested. He tested positive. And it was kind of like this Oprah moment where it was like, you get a car, you get a car. It was like, you get tested, you get tested. <laughs> yeah. Like We didn't understand. So I'll never forget. I was sitting at my desk. I just landed my dream job in New York City. I was working as a booker producer for Good Morning America. And uh, my mom and dad called me. I was sitting outside of my boss's office. And they're like, are you sitting down? The doctor was on the phone. And I was like, yeah, I'm sitting. You know, what's going on? I didn't feel like I had time for this phone call. I was like, come on. You know, like I'm, I'm working and breaking it. news. Hello. Right. And they're like, well, you know, we just want to let you know you tested positive for the BRCA genetic mutation. And I was like, okay, great. Sounds good. Like, talk to you later. And they're like, no, like, this is serious. And, you know, we should talk about this. I'm like, no, I'm good. Got to go. Bye. And I kind of ignored it for a year. And my, I'm from California originally. My family lives in California. So my mom was in town visiting and she was like, we need to go to an oncologist and really start being a little vigilant about surveillance and, you know, figure out what we need to do. And so I went to an oncologist for the first time. I was 23 and she sat me down. And she's like, you know, you have an 87% chance of breast cancer in your lifetime, a 65% chance of ovarian cancer in your lifetime. And that's when my entire life changed. I went home that night and looked in the mirror and I just remember feeling like my breasts are no longer my breasts. Like they didn't feel sexual or beautiful or like mine. I was like, I need to get rid of these things. And so I asked my oncologist, you know, what can I do? What are my options? And she basically said, you can either um, start intensive surveillance right now and every, you know, three to six months, we're going to do MRIs and ultrasounds and mammograms and all these different things starting immediately um, and you have to constantly be checking yourself, doing, you know, self exams at home, which ladies, if you're listening, please do uh, self checks at home. Um, but you'll do that, you know, basically waiting to get cancer. Yeah. Or you can undergo a preventative double mastectomy when you're ready. But you're so young. I was only, you know, 23 at the time. You know, we don't have to do that right now. And I'm just such a go getter. I'm not a worrier. I'm like a total warrior. And I didn't want to wait for cancer to come get me. I knew I wanted to beat cancer before it could beat me. And so I was like, no, like, this is what I have to do. And so at 24 years old, I decided to have a preventative double mastectomy. Wow. That's amazing. Do you do you think that, I mean, for all the women out there that are listening, should all women get tested for it? Or is there, you know, does there need to be an underlying reason? Like you've had breast cancer in your family. Like, for example, just hearing this story, no one in my family has had breast cancer or ovarian cancer, cancer, as far as I know. But cancer has been in my family, and I'm sitting here a little worried right now, wondering if I should go get tested. So I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. Of course. I am just, like, here as your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as your friend, I mean, I think I personally recommend everyone gets a full panel done because we're in the day and age of, you know, color genomics and 23andMe. Like, it's, like, in or trendy to, like, have your DNA sample. No, yeah. Right? Like, can we cue the Lizzo song? Like, yeah. <laughs> turns out. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I, I don't think it hurts to know. I think knowledge is power. And I think getting a full panel done because BRCA is not the only genetic mutation. You know, there's thousands of genetic mutations yeah. and we're learning more and more every day. So I think the more you know about your body, the better you can take care of your body in general. And so I think the most important thing is like, don't be afraid of your body. But be empowered, like feel empowered to know what your body looks like and feels like. So 
know what's your normal so that way, you know, God forbid, if something does happen, you know it's different and you can go to a doctor right away. And your sisters all got tested as well. Yeah. So my sisters both got tested. My middle sister's negative. Mm -hmm. Thank God. And my baby sister, Cammie, um, she's 11 years younger than me and she has not been tested yet. She's too young. Mm -hmm. She's only 16. But she's really the reason that this movement started because... When I was going through my double mastectomy, I went online to try to find anything out there that was positive and empowering. So I couldn't find anyone online. Everything that I did find was so negative, And it was like, this is going to be the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Everything was really scary. And so I just remember thinking, that's not going to be me. And that's not going to be my experience. And I'm not going to let this define me in a negative way. And so I went through the double mastectomy. And I'll never forget, like coming out of surgery, and looking down at my body and looking at my scars for the first time. And I felt so sexy and like so proud. That's awesome. And I just thought like if I can feel like that, other women can feel like that too. And so I thought about Cammie and I was like, what would help me? And try to put myself in her shoes. Like, God forbid if she tests positive and has to go through this one day, how can I make this experience easier and better for her? So I was like, oh, I'll just start this photo diary on Instagram for her. And I assumed that like no one would find it. You know, who's going to find my Instagram? Um, and so I started documenting my experience for her. And almost overnight, it was like 10, then 100, then thousands of women like found this Instagram account. where like, finally, somebody who is like feels sexy and feels empowered by this decision. Like we've needed this voice. There's so many things I've learned along the way, especially from this community, but it's like obviously you have to have a team that you trust and doctors are amazing and so important and medical professionals like I'm so grateful for them. However, oftentimes they present you with options as if like what they can do is the only option and they don't tell you that, no, this is what I'm best at, but there's another option. Like right. for example, no one said to me when I was deciding to have a double mastectomy, oh, well, you can have um, a deep flap surgery, which is when you use your own tissue to create your foobs. Uh, fake boobs. Um, <laughs> you can stay flat. You can like no one presented the options. My plastic surgeon just said, this is what we're doing. And it was as if that was the only option. And so I think women need to know that like you have to be your own advocate and you can shop around to multiple surgeons, multiple doctors. Obviously, if you have time, um, oftentimes, like if you're diagnosed with cancer, you're kind of more in a rush. Right. But that's why the breasty community is so valuable, because you can ask the girls, you know, or what ask the women, yeah. hey, what did you do? What doctor do you like, et cetera? And like, that's such a valuable resource to have. And can you give us a clear rundown of everything that the breasties does? Yeah, of just course. just so yeah. everyone knows what resource they have available to them. I'm a huge supporter of nonprofits that do research and education because we need to find a cure. It's so important. Like, we are aware. Forget breast cancer awareness. We're aware. <laughs> it's time to find a cure. Right. Yeah. So I am all about research and all of those things. But right now, like, we need help now. We need friendship now because people think that when you're diagnosed and you have your surgery, you're over. You're done. You're like, oh, you're good. Go back to normal. Or, like, you finish chemo and radiation and, like, you're good. You're done. No, like, this affects you for the rest of your life. You are forever changed. And you need people and friends who understand and can love and support you forever. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the Breasties does. We do free events and wellness retreats around the world for women affected by breast and reproductive cancers. Um, we don't discriminate. If you feel like you're a breastie, you're a breastie. We have, in under two years, we've done 10 free wellness retreats. Um, so we've served over almost 300 women. Wow. We have 40 plus cities with ambassadors running their own events right now from California to New York, from Canada to the UK. 
I remember, I think it was like 2015, Angelina Jolie came out and said uh, that she had a double mastectomy. It was because she tested positive for BRCA and her mom had died of breast cancer. And she wrote this whole, I think it was like an op-ed in the New York Times. And people, the backlash she received. And I, I just remember being like, what? why is anybody upset about this? The thing that people don't realize is that not only are you preventing cancer when you have a preventative double mastectomy, but you're preventing a reoccurrence because one in three women has a reoccurrence that metastasizes. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. You, right. So and you no treat it the first time this. and you're like, a, but then it usually there's a reoccurrence. That's not a, usually. I mean, one in three, but that's, yeah, a, lot. that's a lot. That's a pretty high. Those are not great yeah, odds. Yeah, those are high no. odds. So the money that you raise... Where does your money go? Where do your your funds go? So all of our events are free. Our retreats are free. So you come on a weekend wellness retreat and we do something. We're really proud of this. And we try to challenge you mentally, emotionally, spiritually and physically. So we do something like a lot of times when you go through a surgery like this, you're afraid of your body and you're like, I can't do what I used to do. And we're here to tell you, yes, you can. You can do everything you could do before your diagnosis. That's so nice. It's amazing. So we love to take women like uh, one of our retreats. We took them snowboarding and skiing. So we had two private lessons. So if you've never done it before, all of the equipment, everything, we take you to the top of a mountain and we show you like you can get to the top of a mountain and we're going to help you get down in the most fun way possible. And we like got to the top of the mountain and we all took our tops off and like raise our arms in the air and we're like, we are here. Like we're so strong. Um, so what we, a fun metaphor. Well, that's top why of the mountain. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why our, um, uh, logos mountains. I, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure you thought of all of it, but for me, it just clicked, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, wow, move mountains!" Yeah, yes. my head just exploded. You know, we've laughed a little bit, right? Like during some of our talks, and I think it's important to remember that, like, we're not like making light of breast cancer. Obviously, this is a very serious thing, and it's very scary, and it's life changing. But you have to find joy still in your life, and you have to find that silver lining. And we always say the breasties is the lemonade. You know, it is really hard. It's really sour. It's really scary. But you have you don't like you have a choice. You can either sit in that fear or you can rise above it and make the best of it and find that laughter, find that beauty and like find gratitude, you know, find that silver lining. Find the empowering part of it like you did instead of finding only focusing on the scary part. Totally. And listen, I have hard days. I have days like, you know, I've become a huge advocate for mental health, too, and mental illness because um, it is hard and it is scary. And I've definitely had moments where I'm like crying in the bathtub eating pasta. I call it tub yeah. pasta. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I mean, I don't girl. love that you felt bad, but I'm just having a visual of, of some tub pasta. Like that just seems best. like a good fit for me. Well, thank you so much. Where can I, we find the breasties? Let's just get get that out there. there where where are you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at page, P-A-I-G-E underscore P-R-E-V-I-V-O-R, page previvor. It's not her last name. It's not my last name. <laughs> her last name's more. Um, and you can find the breasties at www.thebreasties.org. And you can find us on Instagram at T-H-E underscore B-R-E-A-S-T-I-E-S, like breast friend, the breasties. Thanks nice. so much for having me. You Thanks guys are the best. so much. Yeah. So awesome. We want to hear from you. You are our mom friends. What's the weirdest thing you've done to get your kid to fall asleep? Call us at 646-360-0189 and tell us how you feel. Your answer could be featured on the podcast. Give us a call. We're waiting. Confession time. Shh. Confessions. Ashley. Yes. What time is it? It's confession time. I want, can we find a bubble guppy? Confession time. Yeah. Confession time. Line up, line up. Confession Everybody, confession time. time. <laughs> That's too Catholic for me, lining up for confession time. Oh, yeah. I'm a Jew. I never I'm dealt with like, that. Oof, I'm having flashbacks. Anyway, 
<sighs> Ashley, do you have a confession? I do. Um, so Halloween has come and gone. Uh, and it was Sebastian's first Halloween that he's really into. He's very been very excited about it. Ghosts everywhere watching, you know, cartoon Halloween specials. So he really likes to pretend he's a ghost. Mm-hmm. So he'll put a blanket over his head and he'll go up to you and go like, boo. That's really cute. And he'll, or he'll like walk around with the blanket over him going, Ooh! like this is what he does. Very cute. Um, we live in a house that is from 18-something. And um, I'm very worried that him pretending to be a ghost is going to actually attract some ghostness in my home. That's my confession. And then we'll switch houses because I love haunted yeah, things. Yeah, it's not at all founded in, in logic reality. or reality or anything else, but that is my confession. I'm scared what if Sebastian, my son's attract him. What if Sebastian takes off his blanket and goes, Mommy. Don't. He's British don't, all of a sudden. Don't, 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 don't go, don't do it. Don't do it. I know where we're going. What's yours? So for about 15 years, I've been saying, do Anne read. Is that a Dwayne Reed? <laughs> yes. No. I've been saying do Anne read, not because I'm funny, but because you can't pronounce it. D U A N E. Duane. I thought the word Dwayne would have a W or in it <laughs> or something. Uh-huh. So when I saw D-U-A-N-E, for all of you that are not Dwayne the Rock Johnson has a W. Exactly. So D-U-A-N-E, do Anne. Uh-huh. Do Anne Reedy. <laughs> I like that. These are two... Um, uh, there's no, there's no uh, consequences to face for these confessions. I mean, I feel great. Shame. I feel slightly shamed. Uh, well, I can't tell left and right. You're fine. <laughs> uh, should we get to listener confessions? Listener confessions. Let's hear what you all had to say. I served milk tonight with dinner that I found in my car today, forgotten from a grocery trip two days ago. Nobody complained. The milk or the dinner? I think the milk. I thought it was... That's not good. Wasn't it chunky? Hopefully they live in a very cold climate. I mean, that's a very good point. If it's somewhere very cold, then then I guess it's fine. Yeah. Oh, but that is... Makes me nervous. No. My husband and I went for ice cream, and after we sat down, he asked if he could have a taste of mine. Well, WTF... No. Ask the lady at the counter for a sample if you want to taste it. Don't snubber up my brand new fucking ice cream cone. I feel this lady. I disagree completely. Lee does this all the time. Food will come out on the table that we've ordered separately. And before I even have a chance to touch it, he goes, can I have some? Yep, that's me. And I go, I'm fundamentally against you tasting food that I ordered before I taste it myself. And he's like, what's the big deal? And I'm like, I'm just anti it. Let me at least taste it first before you ask me for it. I have been a food mooch my entire life. If I see something good, I'm like, ooh, can I try that? Like, I don't have to know. I don't I mind barely sharing. Have to know you. I don't mind sharing, but just let me get a piece first. I, I mean, sure, it makes sense, but I'm definitely guilty of this. Oh, there's something about drum lines that I absolutely love. They fill me with so much joy, and I instantly start to cry when I see or hear them. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm Canadian, and we don't really have them here. I love a 
a drum line too, but that's a bizarre confession. I see. I don't think it is because for me, it's the same thing. But fireworks, fireworks do, always make me cry. Really, I hate fireworks. I get like very, very patriotic and like ew, celebratory. Ew, Ashley. Yeah. Well, listen. Ew. Listen. I'm anti fireworks. I not good for the dogs. Not good for me. I come from immigrants. My grandparents used to cry. My grandmother, my grandfather, very, very proud to be American every time. And Fourth of July is kind of synonymous with fireworks. For me, when I see fireworks, it just like makes my heart feel good. Oh, you're so American, Ash. It, well, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I, I feel the same way about drum lines. When I was in India, drum there's drum lines, lines all the time. And I was like, I was crying during drum lines. And marching in bands in general. Yeah. I sound like such a braggart today. I'm like, I'm funny. I'm smart. I went to India. Yeah. Wah, I'm, wah, wah. I'm so sad. I love a drum line. I don't get sick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mamas. Thank you so much for joining us today. We had such a blast. And if you love this show, make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help more moms find us. And if you want some more Scary Mommy in your life, be sure to subscribe to Scary Mommy Speaks wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want even more Scary Mommy, check out our articles and videos on ScaryMommy.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Scary Mommy Speaks is a Some Spider production. This episode was produced by Dorothy Abrams and Julie Katakis, edited by Dorothy Abrams, and recorded and mixed by Weston Fonger. Music provided by Audio Network. Special thanks to Sam Bellingham and Angelina Powers at Vinyl Mix. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. So email your comments to speaks at scarymommy.com. Scary Mommy Speaks.